Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Please help me welcome my guest on tonight. How you, how you boys doing tonight? <laughs> doing all right. We're here. Awesome, man. Doing awesome. Really excited to be here. I'm excited, man. So I know, guys, we're having all these technical difficulties. I know, listen, I call them boys. These are my boys, okay? I'm, that's how I address them. Don't start getting casual with them. Try to call them boys. These are amazing, incredible pastors. Pastor Mike, Pastor Vlad, Pastor Alexander Vagani, all senior pastors of churches. So I love you, um, Pastor Mike. You can start it off. Just talk about who you are, your church, what God's doing, and then we'll go into Pastor Vlad, and then we'll jump into these, these questions, and we'll roll with it. Yeah, let's go. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you, Isaiah, for inviting us. So I'm Pastor Mike Signorelli. I'm broadcasting live out of Queens, New York City, and uh, I'm just so excited. I pastor a church called V1 Church, and uh, I I consider it a great privilege to be one of the demon slayers. Come so on, I'm ready man. for tonight. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, Vlad with Pascal from Pascal, Washington, actually streaming from Kenwick, where I live now, and Hungry Jen, and so I'm really happy to be here. Um, really good to see Pastor Mike and Isaiah, and then we're missing Apostle Alexander, which we're hoping that he's gonna tune in at any moment. Yes, we're going to pray that he gets on here. We're going to pray that his computer starts working. I know his thing yeah. went out last minute. Mine was going out last minute. My camera wasn't connecting. Never had this issue. It's like every week a computer demon jumps in and somehow messes something up. You know, we're not going to give the devil credit for what he's not doing, but I know there is spiritual opposition like right now. And guys, I want to start with this. There's opposition towards deliverance ministry. I want to talk about why that might be. Why is it that the church, and let's think about this, everyone in the chat, the church of Jesus Christ, who's been trained, who's been enlisted, who's been drafted by Jesus. Now, this isn't like the words of the Apostle Paul. This isn't Peter. This isn't John. These are the words of Jesus. This is the ministry of Jesus to do deliverance. And I oftentimes, I know why we say deliverance ministry, and I know it's easy to categorize it, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's not deliverance ministry. It's Jesus Christ ministry. This is the ministry he did. It's a ministry he started. It's the only ministry he did that no one else had done. We know that the sick had already been healed. John the Baptist was preaching repentance. The dead had been raised in the Old Testament. But Jesus shows up on the scene and Jesus starts driving out demons in Mark 1. And everyone's going like, what is going on? There's this man preaching with power, preaching with authority, and he's upsetting demons. Now, I know that's good preaching. If you're preaching upsets demons, that's some good preaching. Mm -hmm. But it, it's interesting right now. Now, we are all, obviously, we do deliverance. We're pioneers. We believe in it. We post about it. We preach on it. We teach it. We, we feel like God's called us and assigned us to train the body of Christ. But it's not the case in many churches. There's so much opposition. And I know your guys' years in it, my years in it. I'm always hearing I, I don't know if I've had a broadcast where I'm not hearing a pastor or leader said, this is why we shouldn't cast out demons, or it's not for today, or we shouldn't talk about to demons, or we shouldn't talk about demons, or it brings glory. So let's just talk about generally, which again, an objection means someone opposing something, or somebody coming against something, or having a reason why they don't believe in something, or disapproving of something. Let's talk about from your guys' perspective, why is it the church is objecting deliverance why are they fighting against it why are they opposing it again our goal tonight is not to be like oh we're right and your pastor's wrong and we have all the answers to whatever you guys don't know we're not here to try to disprove anybody or come against anybody we're trying to bring light and we're trying to help some of you that are like finally and you guys hear this all the time 
Finally, someone is addressing the demonic. Finally, someone is addressing the elephant in the room that people do need freedom. So again, let's go on talking about why are some of the reasons the church is not embracing it, the ministry of Jesus and not doing it. And why is it so rare? Why do you guys think right now in the body of Christ? I think some people are saying that it glorifies the devil. It embarrasses the person. Public deliverances are dangerous. And y'all are casting out demons to be famous. A lot of people are saying that it's also not scriptural. And uh, But at the root of it, I think it's really not understanding that what Jesus did on the cross did not end Satan's reign. Um, it took his power, but it didn't take his presence. Mm. And that it's still our responsibility to cast out demons and to be giant killers, to be demon slayers. It's still our call. And people are hurting, people are suffering. And so I think at the root of it is really the fear of men and trying to appear to the trying to seem like we are culturally relevant instead of being you know revolutionary instead of really creating something that only god can do because deliverance jesus clearly stated when deliverance was happening he didn't say glorify the devil he said that the kingdom of god has come and i think that this is really what it's all about at the end of the day it's about the kingdom of god coming and deliverance is the announcement of that kingdom mm. it doesn't glorify the devil it does not embarrass the person it delivers the person and public deliverances are not dangerous you know any more dangerous than public preaching and public worship and we're not doing deliverance so we can be famous it draws more criticism than we realize we're doing That's deliverance right. because we want to make jesus famous and it is scriptural jesus did cast out demons and he called us to do the same that's really oh, good. so good you know, you know, Pastor Vlad, that was so good. And I'll say this, I want to start with like a massive revelation. This came to me, I was looking at Luke chapter 10, verse 17. So Jesus sends out the 70, right? He sends out the 72. And, and this is what the scripture says, they return with joy. Mm. So they actually return with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So I had this ma massive revelation where it's like, when you actually go do the work of deliverance, it produced in them a joy. And Jesus even had to kind of correct it and say, hey, hey, don't get too carried away with that. Like actually celebrate the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So here's the revelation. People who don't do deliverance are often filled with criticism. Mm. <laughs> Those who do the work of deliverance will say, wow, I can't believe I got to see that manifestation of the supernatural. And so a lot of the resistance that we experience are from critics and people that haven't actually tried it or went in that direction or stepped out in faith in that. And so my biggest mm -hmm. suggestion for, for somebody is like, don't be a food critic, be a chef. Come don't on. be a literary critic, actually be an author, right? And so it's, it's always easier to criticize something th than to create or to step in and to minister. So when you look at Luke chapter 10, verse 17, what you actually have is the 72, they returned with an experience. It wasn't just theology. It wasn't just some, a teaching from Jesus. It was a command and they acted on that command and it worked. So, so good. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of um, fear in the unknown. So I think it has to be, if you want to see deliverance, if you want to see it in your church, if you want to see it in your community, your prayer group, whatever it is that you want to see deliverance in, you have to start by saying, I don't know everything. I am not right. God's spiritual guinea pig. Oh, so pastors think if God's going to move, he has to test it on me first. So like if <laughs> I haven't seen deliverance, if I haven't seen healing, if I haven't seen whatever manifestation of the spirit it is, then it must not be biblical. It must not 
not be God, but until you break the pride, and guys, this is a major issue happening in the church. Pride is a major spirit. It's demonic. It's what God, Satan cast out of heaven. And there's a lot of leaders, pastors, preachers that are dealing with pride that don't want to admit. Now there's others that we know of that have mini churches and mega churches that are like, we want this. We've never done this. I've had pastors tell me 25 years of ministry. I've never cast out a demon or seen it, but I want to see this in my church. Cause at the end of the day, it's not about money. It's not about followers. It's about getting people free. It's about someone that says cool. for years. And this is what I want to tell some of these people that object deliverance ministry that come against it. They don't hear the stories that we hear for years. Yeah. I was Whoa. bound wanting to take my life for years. I was addicted come to on, alcohol man. for years. I was addicted to drugs for years. I was beating my wife and I didn't know why something would take over me or I was abusive verbally or I was you know I have a testimony on my page of a lady we did deliverance on deathly afraid of birds and now listen for some of you you might go that doesn't make sense that's kind of dumb this lady was deathly afraid of birds when I say deathly afraid I'm talking like wouldn't get out of a car if there was a bird on the ground or a bird in the sky she didn't know why she didn't understand it but she lived crippled because of this fear now you might say oh that sounds laughable or this but this is her reality and she's bound from church to church people say why well in her deliverance there was a tribal demon a tribal spirit a bird spirit that was coming from her ancestral line that we cast out and now to this day she has no fear of birds but the point of it is these people are in bondage and we're allowing our pride we're allowing our arrogance we're allowing our lack of understanding or lack of willing to learn stopping us from seeing deliverance and breakthrough so the argument has to be not just uh this is wrong that's wrong christians can't have demons it has to be fast it has to be this two i just want to see people free and so at the end of the day some of the stuff y'all we don't have theology for i can say like i've had encounters in deliverance where i'm like I don't understand what that demon's talking about or where that lines up in scripture. I just know the person got free. And so it's like when the Pharisees came to the man, they're like, who is the man that healed you? Tell us about him. You were blind since birth. We know you and tell us about the man. And what was he preaching? And the guy goes, listen, I don't have the theology and I'm preaching to someone right now. I feel the Holy ghost. I don't have the theology. I can't tell you what line in the Sanhedrin he was, was what line in the Levitical order was he in the order of Melchizedek? I just know, I just know I was blind. I met a man and now I can see. So, so we have to stop worrying so much about, oh, I don't have this wording right or this theology right and start understanding that God wants to set people free. There's 2,000 of you listening. God wants to use you to free other people and we need to stop catering to people that have arguments without experience. And this is what I want to say, man. We bring people like, oh, this pastor said this. And this is what I always say, Pastor Mike and Vlad, like, oh, does that pastor do deliverance? And do you know 99% of the time, the pastor that told them something about demons uh, don't shouldn't talk to them, Christians can't have demons, this or that, 99% of the time, you know what it is? The pastor's never done deliverance. So you have yeah. a person that's a, a bench warmer, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm talking about when it comes to deliverance, I'm not trying to call you out here, but I am. A bench warmer telling the quarterback who's getting beat down on the field, you're not throwing the ball right. You need to throw it this way. It's like, bro, you bring water to the players and you're trying to tell me how to throw the ball. Maybe I don't throw the ball right and maybe I get knocked down and I get tackled and I'm not doing the right play according to the book, but at least I'm on the field trying. 
And meanwhile, you're on the stands trying to coach me. So again, we have to stop giving credit to naysayers. We have to stop giving power to people that aren't on the field. And I know people that they don't do it right all the time and they mess up, but I'm like, hey, at least you're throwing the ball. At least you're on the field. So talk to me about this, guys. We have a lot of critics the loudest boos coming from the cheapest seats of people that are not on the field. And so I think this is where a lot of objections come and a lot of misunderstanding comes, people that aren't actually doing it, so they're confused about some of the methods we use. I think when Pastor Mike mentioned, man, it, I just want to repeat the same thing, is that um, the phrase that I use, similar with the, the thought that he expressed, and that is, you know, either we're going to deliver the demonized or we're going to demonize those who do deliverance. Mm. And that's what's really what's happening. If you're not delivering people who are demonized, you will, de you will demonize deliverance ministry. You're going to have to attack deliverance ministry. You're going to have to bring all kinds of ideas that are not consistent with the context of the Bible and not consistent with reality. And so we're either going to be creating this movement and this revival, or we are going to be attacking it and criticizing it. And I really sense right now what's been happening in the last few years and what's going to be happening in the next decade or so. God is reviving the ministry of deliverance mm. the same way as there was a season in the United States where the healing movement really made healing great again, if I could use uh, steal Donald Trump's statement. Um, the, the healing became normal again. The healing became something that is now part of our culture, Christian culture, charismatic culture, Pentecostal culture. Um, you know, and so and I see deliverance is the part that was missing because even the prophetic, there was a time where really a lot of the prophetic was really picked up in the United States. And deliverance is the, there's, there's this silent thing that's that's been really just practiced by very few, but mm. it never picked up steam on the mainstream of Christianity. And I see what's happening right now. Even um, I think I really feel like even with the death of Prophet T.B. Joshua, um, you know, a month ago, who was a spearhead in the in deliverance ministry and others, I see God raising up different people who previously, maybe 10, 15 years ago, who would need to get a permission from the CEO of a very big television station who would need to get, you know, mm. a lot of money to be on the radio or in the newspaper. But because media leveled the playing field for, for little guys like us. And so what happened is that because we practiced that, because we lived that, and we have a little bit of knowledge in that, we started to stream, we started to talk about it. And it's crazy because all of our ministries now are overwhelmed with the amount of people that are seeking deliverance. Why are they seeking deliverance? It's because a lot of people are not doing deliverance. Why are wow. we talking about deliverance? It's because nobody else is talking about it. Why are we advancing this? And deliverance is not the only thing we're doing. I mean, Pastor Mike, myself, Isaiah, uh, Apostle Alexander, we, we're running churches. We, we have small groups. We have all classes for pre-marriage classes, kids zones. I mean, the whole nine yards. We have the whole package. But the reason why we do highlight the topic of deliverance is because it's extremely hidden and it's yep. non-existent in so many places and so many churches. And as we're highlighting that, what it does is the people who are suffering, who can't find answers in places where their sufferings are being put mm -hmm. under the carpet and said, hey, just fast more, pray more, you know, and and it's like you have a splinter, you know, if you got a splinter, you can't put a bandaid on it. You got to get the stuff out Come on. until you get the stuff out. It's going to keep on hurting no matter how much you wow. hide it, no matter how much you medicate it. There's just only one solution. You got to get the thing out. You got to use something sharp 
and you got to get the thing out. It's not pretty, it hurts, but once you get the thing out, then you can put the Band-Aid on, then you can apply the other stuff. And what's been happening right now is it's easier to put a Band-Aid on things that Preach. have demons behind them. Preach. But we have to go to the root of the problem. We have to drive out demons. Medicine has its place, inner healing has its place, and counseling has its place, and quoting the scripture and fasting has its place. But we have to do the job. We have to get the demons out. We have to, if, if it's like, if your basement is flooded, you know, the goal is not to go start getting the water out. The goal is to find the leak and Come to on. stop that leak first and then deal with the consequences of the flood. And so that's what we're really pushing. We're not glorifying the devil. We just want to stop the leak and then so that these people can go and start working out their salvation with fear and trembling. And so and I think that what's been happening, you know, right now is the Lord is highlighting this ministry. But can we be honest? We didn't start doing deliverance a year ago. Isaiah has been doing it for over 10 years. We've Come been on. doing it at least, I think, 11 years. And so it's just all been behind the scenes. We never did it for show. We didn't do it for YouTube. We didn't do it to be known. We didn't do it so we can have a little club called Demon Slayers. We did it because that's what Jesus tells us to do. It's because demons started to manifest in our services. I mean, what are we yeah. going to do? I've been to one meeting, Isaiah and Pastor Mike, where a demon-possessed guy, a demonized guy was manifesting. And this particular minister believes that you shouldn't cast out demons out of Christians. And guess what his security did? They took the demonized guy and took him out. And he made a joke about it. So I'm thinking, Jesus, when he had a demonized guy in his meeting, he took the demon out of the guy. But when you don't cast out demons, you take the demonized guy out of the service. I mean, come on. We're better than that. We're called so to drive good. out demons, not to get the people out of our churches who have them. So good. I want to I want to read this, Pastor Mike. Somebody just said this, and I think I don't think they're asking a question. I think they're literally just objecting us, which is good. We want this in the chat. Yeah. But they said, focus your ministry on saving souls, like Jesus said to do. Stop putting emphasis on deliverance. The time will come where the possessed will run to you when you can deliver them. However, most of the time, God does deliverance Himself in secret. All right, let's talk about this. Um, a couple things. Number one, Jesus sent the disciples out to go cast their demons. So they didn't come to him and he didn't say, bring them to me. Um, second of all, deliverance actually wasn't done in secret. It was done in public. So the two statements you made there, uh, the objection you just gave are both, again, unscriptural statements that a lot of people make. And here's what I hear, guys. And again, I'm not attacking you, but you put the objection in the chat, which we want you to do. A lot of people say, and we're not trying to roast anybody, y'all, because we can. I mean, I don't want to go there, but I'm, I just want to I want, I want to address your you question. A, a lot of people say this, guys. They say this. God will just do it in secret. I don't have verse. I can't find anywhere in the Bible where Jesus said, just go pray in secret. Jesus sent them out to drive out demons. Again, sent them out to go do it. And then he tells them, and then anyone who believes will do it. And I'm commanding you to teach them to do what I've taught you to do. And that was to go out and drive out demons. And I don't find any verses where he's doing this in secret. In fact, the first deliverance in Mark 1 was in a synagogue. He's doing right. it in a synagogue in front of everybody. And then again, in Acts chapter cool. 8, the Bible makes it clear for after the cross that deliverance was done in public in a public revival gathering. People were getting saved, healed, and delivered. And the Bible says there was great joy in that city because the demons were being cast out. So everyone's like, there's joy when demons are cast out. There's excitement. So this idea, guys, let's talk about this where it's like deliverance is secret. It's not supposed to happen now. Focus on Jesus. Now, here's the thing I want to say, and I'll toss it to you guys. If you focus on Jesus, Demons are going to manifest. 
The problem is we're focusing on the Jesus of the American church that doesn't yeah. cast out demons. But when you focus on the Jesus of the Bible, it threatens demonic kingdoms. So my mm -hmm. response to that is you can't focus on Jesus and not focus on deliverance because out of the 20 something miracles he did, seven of those were casting out demons. So seven deliverances in the gospels. It wasn't one, wasn't two. Out of the 20, 20 plus, I think there was like 21 or 22 miracles, seven of those were deliverance. It's a major thing he did. So let's talk about this. Uh, focus on Jesus, don't focus on deliverance, they say. Yeah, I just wanna say this. Every single military on the planet right now wears what? Camouflage. Mm. Why? Because there is a military advantage to being hidden. And so here's the thing, and I say this all the time. We literally say in one breath that Satan is the father of all lies, but then we don't expect him to want to do everything he can to remain hidden in the lives of believers. And so one of the things that we do in the work of deliverance is we uncover and we expose. So the oh. idea that somebody's just going to make their perfectly curated Instagram, you know, I'm reading my Bible with my coffee cup, and then suddenly the devil's going to start manifesting is not going to happen because military there is an advantage to never manifesting. That's it. There is an advantage to never revealing yourself. There's an advantage mm -hmm. to right now, Pastor Vlad even said it. We live in a society that wants to try to give us a pill when really we need deliverance sometimes. And so being able to discern it, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to say to the person who's like, hey, if it's supposed to happen, it happens in private. N number one, camouflage, hiddenness, secrecy. Mm -hmm is a military advantage to the enemy. And then number two, and this is so important, so there good. is a level, a level of humility when you have to come together in front of a group of people and say, hey, I've mm -hmm. got some things I need so to deal good. with. We used to do private, you know, deliverances and we still facilitate, facilitate those things based on, mm -hmm. you know, context. But I'm telling you, we did a mass deliverance last Sunday I had 11 out of the 50 United States represented in my building. And to be honest with you guys, as a lead pastor, I, you know, everybody would think, wow, you packed it out. You had 11 people or 11 states represented people flying out from all the country. Weren't you excited? To be honest with you, it grieved me because mm, I thought to myself, it. deliverance has become wow. that rare in the earth. That wow. people have to wow. fly from Atlanta, Georgia to New York. Wow. They have to fly from Florida. Somebody flew from California. Don't you know where Isaiah is? Come on, bro. <laughs> but, but, but my point is, it, it's so rare in the earth. And I don't feel like I'm doing the advanced class. I literally feel like I'm doing the fundamental elements of what Jesus <laughs> told all believers to do. But that's become rare when we're obsessed with replicating modern evangelical American Christianity. And I've been telling people, I'm not so concerned with being a 21st century believer as much as I'm concerned with looking at the first century and saying, we're supposed to start there and then do greater. And so we got to expose it. We have to uncover it, but then we've got to actually do it in public. You know, the Bible says that confess your sins one to another, that you'll be healed. When we were in that mass deliverance and there was a mass repentance taking place, I said, guys, Whoa. and I told everybody, my house, my rules, I'm the father of this house, V1 church. We are going to publicly repent of our sins. 
And I said, you're going to hear some people say some things out loud that are going to offend you because you sin differently than them. Mm, But there's going to be a healing that takes place as you confess your sins one to another. You're all, we're all going to go in together. And I'm telling you, Mm. demons started manifesting during the repentance portion of it because we were bringing exposure and they saying, I can't have this in the darkness anymore. I'm bringing it into the light. And part of that happens in a corporate setting. So, so, so important. So good. So good. So good. Uh, Vlad, if you want to jump in at any point, just jump in there. No, I think Pastor Mike, you said it all about this is not just about doing it in hidden. And we do private deliverances too. Yeah. This is not just in public. And we are advocating for salvation of people. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the only reason why we exist as a church. Uh, we see people saved every single week. New people wow. come to know Christ. And it's actually because we are seeing new people yeah. getting saved that we're we're seeing more deliverances than before because these people come with baggages, they come with demons, they come with curses, and, and they know that there is help they can get. And they're not sitting in church for 20 years and nobody's helping them. You know, now within two months, two weeks, and they're already signing up for deliverance. They're coming through the classes. They're, they're learning about deliverance. They're learning about spiritual warfare. And so it equips them from the beginning. I mean, we're pretty much taking ba- babies straight into the battle, you know, and then we're equipping them to cast out demons. And some people say, well, that's kind of too early. But I mean, think about the 70 disciples, you know, <laughs> they're nameless. We don't even know their names. They're not even part of the, like, the, the, like the, the clique. They're not part of the core. You know, and I mean, Jesus himself, when they came back with uh, authority and they came back with a good testimony, Jesus in the prayer said, you know, Father, you revealed this to babes. I mean, they were babes. They were babies. And so, and yet Jesus sent them to do deliverance, to cast out demons. And surprisingly, he didn't shadow them. He didn't go with them. Mm. So he's just going to send them on their own. And so, and they succeeded. They brought back good report. And so I think that Jesus cannot be separated from his power mm. from his works and you can't have jesus that doesn't preach you can't have jesus that doesn't heal the sick you can't have jesus it doesn't save the lost it doesn't love people you can't dissect jesus and take only the parts that you like he's Come not on. a car you can take the tire and leave the engine i mean he's a he's a, he's a burst person he's god and so you got you got you have to have the whole package and we shouldn't limit him in any way or capacity and so i think when we don't believe in deliverance that Christians can have demons, when we don't preach about spiritual warfare, and when we don't seek to help people, and when we don't have a personal private revival out of which we live in, then yes, in the services, these demons won't manifest. So like for those of you, and I like Isaiah, what you posted a few days ago, uh, pastors or leaders who are like, oh, you know, like, I don't want demons to manifest. And like, they won't, don't worry, (laughs) you know? And that's so true because our beliefs, our behavior, it, those bound people, they can't be helped in those circles. So they have to go to New York. They have to go to Bronx. They have to go to Pasco or to other areas to receive help. So good. And I, I was talking about last night, kind of reminding me, Pastor Mike, is that Bible says the devil's like a thief. So thieves don't say, oh, by the way, I'm here to take all your stuff. Thieves come in secret and they come in come undetected. And if, if you're a good thief, and again, I, I was in the world at one time, y'all, okay? And I, I was in the world. Let me just say that. You'll steal and you'll leave and you won't even know what hit you. You'll go, man, someone broke in my car last night and they didn't even break a window. They opened the door, took my purse, and they were gone. And I never even saw it coming. That's how the enemy works. He comes in undetected 
takes from you and then you wake up and go how did i lose that i don't even know and then and then you go to your church and the pastor says oh it wasn't the devil it was just your flesh and it's like the demon's laughing because the demon's like actually it wasn't the flesh that stole from you it was actually me so let's go into this next objection not everything's a demon and so this is one that i always hear when people are like my pastor a leader a person doesn't want to believe in deliverance because they say you guys teach everything's a demon and this is the next objection not everything is a demon and I'll, I'll toss it to one of you guys and i would say first of all none of us teach everything's a demon none of us believe everything's a demon but if it is a demon you're not going to be able to counsel it out or medicate it out but let's go into here not everything's a demon how do you guys address some of that when you hear that all the time well i'll say this if nothing's a demon i ch- i'll check your theology yeah you know because here's the thing bias is always revealed in percentages, right? So like I'm a lead pastor, if I'm in a staff meeting and I have a staff member that's always against every idea, are they being objective or biased? Versus if I have a staff member who's always for every idea, I'm like, hey, listen, you don't have a mind of your own. So bias, you mm-hmm. reveal bias by, so here's the thing, if if everything's a demon, then and, and you have that type of ministry orientation, it'll be revealed. But even at the mass deliverance, we'll help people discern as, as they're going through that. But I think the, the problem that I encounter with a lot of pastors is that according to their practices, if you were to watch their services, attend their churches, get engrafted into their connect groups, and you go to their church for 20, 30, 40 years, you're like, wait a second, nothing was ever a demon. It was all the power mm. of positive thinking and psychology wrapped with a couple of scriptures, but it wasn't the sort of the oh. spirit that divides asunder, even the come on, somebody, come on. you know what I'm saying? It's wow. like, like it, we, it's like a wow. lot of what we have right now is just like motivational speaking with a couple of scriptures threaded into it. But it's like, when you're wielding the sword of the spirit, that's a completely different element. And so here's the thing, bias is revealed. If you go to a church and you've never seen anyone manifest, you've got to ask yourself, is this the kind of environment where the devil can easily hide? Or, or you know, because like, like in different climates, different things grow. In the desert, there are things that grow that are native to a desert climate. In the Arctic, there, you know, there's, so here's the thing, in our church, I'm just telling you straight up, it's not going to be convenient for you to bring your demons to our church because someone in our parking team might confront a spirit of suicide before you even get to our front door because we've been equipped Mm -hmm. like the book of Ephesians talks about to actually do spiritual warfare. And so in order to say like not everything's a demon i want to counterbalance that though because i do think it's fair to people who that have that objection to say you're right not everything is but when you look at you look at luke chapter 13 verse 11 jesus cast out the spirit of infirmity so we know that not Mm -hmm. even all sicknesses are biological some of them are actually demonic in origin and so it's just Mm -hmm. like if you're at a church and every single time this is a key indicator Every single time you say, pray for me, I'm sick, and no one ever confronts the spirit of infirmity ever, ever, then you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. someone's theology needs to be checked because how did you take a pocket knife and cut Luke chapter 13, 11 out of your Bible, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just about looking at it holistically and saying, okay, one of the gifts of the spirit is discerning of spirits. Is it angelic? Is it demonic? Is Is it human? And then deploying that and saying, wait a second, we've been praying for people's sicknesses in this church for 30 years, and no one's ever confronted the spirit of infirmity like Jesus did in Luke 13, 11. 
this church is not ministering like Jesus. Mm. And I think what you're going to find is if I was reading a, a scholar recently and he was saying that I don't I don't think this is what he was saying. I could be wrong on this, but he said there's nowhere in, in the Gospels. I haven't fact checked him, but he said there's nowhere in the Gospels where Jesus dealt with sickness and not demons, too. Like every time they brought right. him the sick, the Bible would say he cast out demons mm. and healed the sick. Yes. He cast out demons. And the, the boy that brought his son, he's like, my son's sick. He's throwing himself in water and fire. And your disciples tried to heal him and he couldn't heal him. And Jesus is like, oh, it's a demon and cast the demon out of him. So it wasn't even sickness, okay. although the boy and Jesus is like how long has he been that way so a lot of times you're going to mm -hmm. see people thinking it's sickness or thinking it's just a thought but we have to cast these things out um I know a lot of you say well not again not everything's a demon we don't believe that we don't teach that but I will say I believe more stuff is a demon than we realize and by saying yes. nothing's Come a on. demon so guys good. here's what we do we never confront so the devil because nothing's a demon so we don't That's need to so confront good. him so he remains the thief undetected in the camouflage yeah. because nothing's a demon it's not a demon it's not a demon it's just your flesh it's just your flesh but we know that we must cast out demons and we must crucify the flesh. We can't cast out the flesh. We can't crucify a demon. But demons mm. are very real. And a lot of people have them, especially in America, because we don't deal with them. And a lot of times we have churches like it's not a demon. It's not a demon. So by never giving the devil any credit, the devil remains unchallenged and does whatever he wants. And no one, no one. You want to add something to that? I don't know if I cut you off, Pastor Vlad. No, no, I, I'm, you're, you're good. I think that a lot of times if we would have our eyes open to the spiritual realm i think we will see that things are a lot more spiritual than we realize yeah. things are a lot more spiritual than we realize i mean something as innocent as david counting the nation of israel i mean mm. dumb mistake you know should have not done it but it's interesting in first chronicles chapter 21 it says now satan stood up against israel and moved david to number israel Wow. I mean, come on, really? Like, mm. he numbered Israel. The Bible says, who moved him? Satan moved him wow. to number Israel. I mean, the first sin that was committed ever on the earth, Satan was involved. I like yeah. to say like this is that you wow. can't sin without Satan and you can't be holy without the Holy Spirit. Ooh. We need the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. It, it would be to say that, you know what, I don't need the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. I just need to try harder. Come on, we all know that's not true. Right. So is, I don't need to fight the principalities, the powers. I don't need to deal with the forces of darkness to overcome sin. No, you have to. You see that in the Bible all over. Satan moved David. I'm not saying to walk around saying devil made me do it. We don't teach that. We don't preach that. But right. the devil is behind the scenes, pulling strings, sending thoughts. I mean, he gave thoughts to Judas. He uh, spoke through Peter that Jesus had to rebuke him. He entered Judas, then Judas betrayed Jesus. He he gave Ananias, you know, thoughts to, to lie to the Holy Spirit. And so he's a lot more yeah. responsible than we are willing to admit. And I think that a lot of us, what we do is this, is that we blame God for a lot of bad stuff. We take credit for the good stuff and we leave Satan undetected. We leave mm. Satan, he's like, he's, he's like innocent. He didn't do anything. It's almost like we are advocating and we're supporting that, hey, leave him alone. Why is everybody attacking him? We're not blaming. When we talk about demons being behind certain problems, we're not blaming the devil. We're just asking you guys and all of us to rise up in the battle against the devil. That's this it. is not a blame game. This Come is a on. battle plan. That, hey, there is an enemy. Like, you know, something happened today is my, my sister-in-law's car got stolen this morning wow. in her garage. Okay, wow. garage was left open and 
and the guy came in, left his bicycle, took the car. Now, it's obvious that she didn't close the garage, but she's not going to blame the garage for it. Say now, she it. needs to do a better job and everything, but the police is not looking for a garage door. The police now is looking for a thief. I'm going to fall out Something of my chair. is missing, and the police is looking for a thief. And so for us to go around and start saying things like, well, it's just flesh now. There is true. You know, the flesh part is that you should close the garage and don't leave the keys inside. But come on, how many of us, you know, have the keys inside of our cars in the garage? And this doesn't happen to you. But when it does happen to you, you don't blame the garage door. You don't even blame the owner. You go and start looking for a thief. And so that's yeah. what we're talking about. When we talk about Satan being behind the scenes, we're not saying that we're blaming him we're saying that we're pulling our swords out and we're going yeah. to an attack we're going to a battle and we're equipping saints for that i heard the story of one guy who was addicted to smoking and he he honestly i mean everyone told him he just needs to discipline himself he needs to try harder he needs to try harder and so he kept praying he kept fasting he was really just honestly sincerely asking god to take away the urges prayed the prayer repented did the whole nine yards couldn't stop smoking comes after uh, leaves the church and ha gets this urge to start smoking and so he goes during the during his normal time gets this strong urge to smoke and God this time he opened his spiritual eyes and on the electrical wires above him on the street he saw two demons sitting and laughing wow. and one demon telling another demon oh my god look at this he just came from church he's he's gonna quit smoking today and the other demon says ha 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 that's not gonna happen watch this and what the other demon did is that the other demon pulled like a like a string and instantly this guy got the urge to smoke and so for the first time in his life he got the revelation that the urge to smoke was not his somebody was pulling the strings mm. and he got so mad he ran at that electrical wire he starts screaming at that demon and rebuking him and binding him and and casting him out and you know and got broke that thing off of him and he never smoked again and so and i wonder how many people today are battling shadow boxing they're beating mm, not mm. the real thing they're not dealing with the root of the problem they keep cleaning the spider web instead of killing that spider so good bro you are dropping first of all i just realized your shirt says demon slayer second of yes. all bro you are dropping bombs right now i love that find the thief don't get mad at the garage door and i love what you said there it's like why are you defending satan some of you are like be nice to him like what you're like don't blame it on him it's just you it's like no it's actually a spirit it's not me because i could hear a voice talking to me it's not my flesh the flesh does not talk it's a demon so let's deal with the demon jesus didn't say just go tell them to tell their flesh to stop and go tell them to crucify the flesh although that was part of it jesus said, go cast the demons out of them yeah. so i love this because yeah. some of you actually you defend you actually defend the devil more than you defend deliverance you actually defend the Ooh. devil more than you defend god and it reminds me of gideon right gideon has this idol in, in the backyard and the like gideon's tearing all the idols down and everyone has a city meeting they're like we need to get this dude gideon's tearing all the idols down and the dad's like um how about if those are actually gods let them defend themselves like why are you guys defending oh. idols and so why are we why are we defending the devil why are we telling everybody it's not a demon now listen say it's not a demon say you don't have a demon and you go for deliverance because we've been preaching on it all you did was get prayer i mean <laughs> literally you just got free Whoa. prayer so Whoa. it's not like you're walking out Whoa. with like uh, we're not charging for deliverance y'all we're all doing it free so you're right. not you're not losing by coming Whoa. we're not even charging for our mass deliverance services our, our services are free in fact right. 
I was on the phone with the pastor really last cool. week because we were going to do a deli- uh, spiritual warfare training, me and Alexander in North Carolina. And I said, I told the pastor, I said, I would rather just have it free and you just don't have to pay me. I just don't want to charge anything because this is, this is not like us trying to make money. Our goal is not to make money. It's to get you free. Okay. Let's jump into the next cool. objection. I am reading the chat guys. If you want to come out against us here, yeah. this is your time. All the mods are not going to ban you. This is like your one time <laughs> to try to come against us here. And we, we, we want the objection. So here's one deliverance should be fast. Um, don't let the demons manifest. Talk to me about this one, Pastor Mike. Don't let demons manifest. Just command them to go, and they do. I have pastors tell me this, like, oh, when I do deliverance, I don't do it like you and Vlad. I just command the demons to leave, and they just leave immediately. And I'm like, actually, you just make the demons manifest, and nothing happens, and then you stop the deliverance. So talk to me, <laughs> Pastor Mike, about these people that are like, it has to be this way, has to be quick. You don't need to talk to them. Just command it to go, and it has to leave. Um, it sounds good, but what do you think about it? Okay, so here's what I want to say. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. That's one of my favorite quotes of all time. Like, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And, you know, here's the thing. And maybe that's just because I'm from the streets. And so it's just like, we have this phrase in the streets, put up or shut up. Mm. So it's just like, here's the thing. People who say those types of phrases have, and I'm not going to say they've never done a deliverance. But they they don't have enough deliverances under their belt to like to see. see Come <laughs> on, so go ahead, bro. Don't hold this. back. Hey, this is our stream tonight, bro. This is our stream. Yeah, say how I, you feel I, it. Because because here's the thing about it: is it possible that that you had a handful of deliverances where you said demon don't manifest, and it and it, it became this you know Hollywood experience where everything went the way that you want? It's totally possible. But listen, we just had a mass deliverance last Sunday. And I heard some of my team, I overheard say them it, say some of these phrases too. And I said, guys, I love you. But as your pastor, I've been doing mass deliverances and deliverances for almost 20 years now. And, and as soon as this thing begins to occur, I'm telling you, you are going to get a rude awakening. And sure enough, they did. And here's why. And I want to, I've been waiting the entire broadcast to say this. Come on. The things of God defy formula mm. because formula becomes ritual. Ritual becomes tradition. Tradition becomes dead religion. And religion wow. is peer pressure from dead people. And so if, if it could become a formula where it was like, you just repeat these magic words, you wave your proverbial wand, we would have a, a body of Christ full, full of warlocks and witches, not sons and daughters. And so wow. anytime somebody is like, oh yeah, I just say this phrase and it works. Listen, I don't care how long you fasted. I don't care how much scripture you've memorized. There are going to be some times where you are screaming at the top of your lungs. I bind you and every other phrase you have. And that demon is manifesting buck wild crazy. And you're like, and so I I think there, again, when I look at the demon slayers, the guys in this chat, there's a high level of humility that we have to say, I'm willing to step in this direction and and allow the Holy Spirit to lead me. Not Mm. puffed up knowledge, not a formula that I read, but the actual person of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I want to say something really raw right now, and I don't even care because you said this is our broadcast. The reason that I believe one of many, the ministry of deliverance is so rare is because so few believers trust the Holy Spirit. Because the level of trust you have to have with, for the Holy Spirit. And you know, I, it's like this John chapter 21, verse 25. Jesus did many other things that were not recorded, that were not written down, right? 
So Mm -hmm. you, and then even the way in which Jesus healed people, it changes, it defies formula. So what's the Holy Spirit trying to say? Let me teach you all things. Let me lead you. Not the formula, not the peer pressure from dead people, which is just religion, but the but the resurrected king. Let me show you how to do it. And I and I truly feel like when you when you go on the journey of deliverance, you'll have it all. I've got a video. Uh, and I was in California. This woman started fl- flailing around. She was like inches from punching me in the face. She, it was, she was going crazy. And, matter of fact, she asked me, can you pray for my shoulder because I need healing? And I was like, sure. As soon as I touched her shoulder, the demon started manifesting, you know? Well, anyway, she started flailing around. Now, in that particular instance, I said, I bind you. As soon as I said it, it was like my words became physical because she went like this, restricted mm. and dropped to the ground. Now, in that particular moment, I'm like, wow, it worked, (laughs) you know, but I'm telling you, and this is a little controversial, not every time you say that word, it's going to have that effect. And and, and this is a thing. And it's like, man, listen, I know that you have well-respected pastors and theologians and authors that have told you different, but I'm a practitioner. Go ahead. And the experience of a practitioner is always going to exceed. You know what I'm saying? Like we, I do, I'm a practitioner. Like I get up in this every day and I think, and, and also, I think also it's comforting to be like, you know, you, you are, you are becoming like Jesus, but you're not Jesus. Mm, We're still submitted and surrendered to his authority in our life. And it's healthy to experience this as a believer. But when you make something so sterile, so clinical, it's such a, it's such a movie set experience. You're, you're restricting the Holy Spirit from doing the full work. And I would just encourage anybody who's watching, allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. You know, when you do deliverance, sometimes you'll get blocked. And all of a sudden you'll be yeah. like, man, nothing's happening. I, it, I feel like there's more. I don't know what it is. And the Holy Spirit will say, you need to address forgiveness. You know, and, and you'll yeah, get this information and he'll speak to you and then you say it and then you get this crazy next level manifestation and you're like, whoa, and it strengthens your faith. It strengthens your love and appreciation of the Lord. It's such a beautiful thing. And every single one of our mass deliverances, it ends in a huge celebration. Yes. <laughs> because God sets the captives Come free. On. And, right. and people are strengthened. It's such a beautiful thing. But if you don't have a trust of the Holy Spirit, you'll miss out on all that. Or if you're someone who says, well, it has to be in scripture. Well, then you go read John chapter 21, 20, yeah. 25, and you tell me how come we don't have everything Jesus did in scripture. So, so good. I love it, man. You guys are just answering them so well. I completely agree. I'm like, people are like, just say it for it to go and it'll go. And I'm like, okay, let me try it. And then the demon's like, I'm not leaving. So you ha- you can't just stop and be like, oh, all right, well, that, uh, I guess we're done here. No, you got to push through. We are in a Come wrestling on. match. Yeah. Wrestling matches don't yeah. last five seconds. We have to fight. Mark chapter yes. five, the son of God. God himself. Mm-hmm. Jesus is God. I hope you believe this. The Bible said he had been Mm. commanding the demon to leave and the demon didn't leave. Go read Mark chapter five. So the son of God was Mm -hmm. battling this demon going back and forth and allowed the demon to negotiate. The demon's like, well, how about this? I'll go, but just cast me in the pigs. And he's like, all right, go ahead. So you have to realize it wasn't always instant and immediate. And those that do that, like I have people all the time and I'm not being starky here, but I am, I'm Hispanic and Italian. So I do got some spunk in me, but I have people all the time that would be like, ah, that's not how I do deliverance. They'll watch our videos. And I'm like, oh, would you please send me one of your videos so I could see the way you do it? 
Do you know, bro, out of the hundred people I've asked, I have never listened. I have never gotten one video. I've never had one person send me a video and I'm I'm waiting for the day where someone's like, you're doing it wrong, do it the way I do it. And then them send me yeah. a video and I'm like, oh, that's actually better. And let's go into this, that we have to have a certain style. Like if you don't pour oil on me or if you don't make the demon re re recite what I say, or if you don't do it the way Isaiah does it or the way Vlad does it and you know put water on me or command it this way or say fire, like the demon won't come out. Guys, let's talk about this. It's not about styles. It's about people getting free. So whether you have to take come the on. 99 or the highway five to get to the, they both yeah. get to the same spot. There's there's multiple ways to get to the same destination. And so whether you yell, don't get mad at me for yelling because you're quiet. And don't get mad at me for being mm -hmm. quiet because you yell. Yeah, that's like good. maybe that's you good. shout it, mm -hmm. maybe you tell it. Like whatever works, let it work. I always start calm. I'm like, come out. Cause I listen, I lose my voice guys all the time. I want to keep my voice. So I'm always like, come out and the demon's like, no. And I'm like, come out and the demon's like, no. And I'm like, come out in Jesus name. The demon's like, all right, fine, I'll go. So for me, like some, you know, I have one, one of my daughters. I don't have to yell at her ever. I'm like, go do it. And she's like, okay, I, I want to be a good girl. And she does it. The other one, I'm like, I got to yell at her sometimes. Yeah. So demons are sometimes stubborn in their personalities. So let's talk about styles. Cause I, I flow in all the styles, y'all. I'll yell fire at them. I'll put oil on them. I'll deep fry them. I mean, I'll literally say repeat after me. Like I'll do whatever. If I can get the demon out, I don't care if I have to pray over your finances or give you a golden ticket. Like whatever works. If I have to write down, you know, un, I'm, I'm, I have unforgiveness and then make them rip the paper and then the demon screams out. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I just want to get the demon out as long as it doesn't violate scripture. What are some of the arguments you see and the objections with styles? I know people are like, you didn't do it the way Vlad did it. You didn't do it the way Bob Larson did it. Well, Pastor Mike does it this way. I'm like, listen, my name's Isaiah, not Pastor Mike. My name's yeah. Isaiah, not Bob Larson. <laughs> so I'm going to do it my way. And if my way doesn't work, I'll, I'll, I've, I've used Bob Larson's strategy. One time I was like, dude, I was in this like five hour deliverance. And I'm like, bro, this is a true story. I mean, I could not get this demon out to save my life. I tried everything you could ever imagine. I mean, we used, I don't know how many buckets of oil. We tried everything. I was like, I was willing to do anything. I was preaching the gospel to the demon. I had the demon bored because it wouldn't come out. I was running circles around me. And I was like, I remember Bob Larson. He does it where the demon repeats after you, right? It's like repeat after me and you makes a demon. So I was like, let me just try this. I had to pull it out of my shepherd's bag because I, I, was, I was like, let me just try this because it was like five hours. I'm like, I have nothing to lose here. I have a flight in an hour. I got to get this thing out. Dude. After hours, I was at least one hour of wrestling with the same demon. It was like a demon from Puerto Rico. It was a chief demon. It was strong. I'm not going to lie. It was doing all this crazy stuff. And I was like, let me just hit him with some Bob Larson here. So I said, repeat after me. And the demon's like, don't make me. Don't make me. I was like, oh, it doesn't like this. I'm going to keep going. And if a demon doesn't like something, you're on to something. Right. So I was like, repeat after me. I did, the, I did the yep. Bob Larson bro to the T. And the demon left. And I was like, why didn't I do that earlier? But just know, like, I'm not stuck on one style or strategy. Yeah. I'm willing to adapt. Maybe we got to hit him with a nuke. Maybe we got to go in there snipers. Maybe we got to send in some aerial paratroopers in the water, submarines. Like, whatever we got to send in, I'm willing. So talk to me. I know, Vlad, I've seen you do every style you could think of. Like, I've seen you TB Joshua them. I've seen you Alexander Pagani them. I've seen you talk calm. I've seen you, Pastor Mike, do several styles. Like, what, what do you guys think about styles? I think that with with style, you know, when Israel went to the promised land, mm. the first city they conquered by walking around and shouting. Come on. The second city, you know, they went based on the strategy that they used in the previous city. And of course, they got beaten. And then God told them to go and pretend that they're running away. And then he is going to, you know, bring the victory. And then in some cities, he just dropped stones, dropped rocks, and, and people died because of rocks. 
And so I think that as long as we're not married to our methods and we're married to the to the Holy Spirit and we stay connected with the Holy Spirit and not trip up with the methods. And God can use any methods for a season of our ministry. Honestly, it's really what I got experience and um, I would say confidence in deliverance. We were praying with the anointing water. Now, this may sound like uh, Catholic stuff, okay? It wasn't holy water. Catholics do holy water. It was anointed water. Mm. Now, it tripped so many people up. Like, people were just like, what the heck is this? You're praying with what? With water? Oil? Like, no water. And so, because you can't spray oil on people, they're going to die. <laughs> and so, but if you, if you we, we sprayed with water. And so, what was the whole concept of that? It was, you know, TB Joshua actually prayed for water and told us to pray over people who needed deliverance. And I've seen a lot of people, that's my actually really the real ministry of deliverance started from there for at least, I think, four years. Every month we prayed with water. I mean, people criticized us, attacked us, made fun of us, called us with names until they had problems. Then they all signed up for prayer line to come. And I mean, I've seen mental cases being healed. One guy particularly, four mental disorders he had. He was kicked out of school, put in a psychic uh, ward. He was tied physically because one of the disorders he had was a tick disorder where his his mm. hand would like hit his, you know, and there's a guy actually on TikTok who has a tick disorder who, who posts, you know, how that works. And this guy suffered. He, he was brought to church, sat on the second pew. You know, we're doing a mass prayer first. We're not praying for anybody. We're doing mass prayer. And he's just literally distracting everybody because he's not in his right mind. And so the moment we bring him up, we start praying. I remember because I was praying for him. And we use the anointing water. And so as a means, there's no healing in that water. There's no power in that water. It was just the means, the same thing anointing oil is, right. the same thing as other methods, such as the crucifix and stuff. And the so he starts puking, throwing up. And, you know, even though demons did not speak out, but it was, it was clearly evident that he was, uh, he was demonized. And uh, six months later, completely healed all four mental disorders, clean bill of health, wow. finished high school, and today he's a youth pastor. And so wow. did the water work? No, the water didn't work. Jesus worked. But Come on. So good. I love so, it, yeah. man. So good. I think too in Acts 19, it talks about unusual miracles that the handkerchiefs yes. were being put on people and the demons yeah. were leaving. So the problem is if you don't yes. have unusual yes. faith, you're not going to see unusual miracles. So if you're Ooh. never believing Whoa. for handkerchief miracles, if you're never believing that water could cast out a demon or mud, and you guys think that's weird, you obviously haven't read the Gospels. Jesus was spitting right. in people. In one verse, he spit on someone's tongue. He was putting mud in people's eyes and spitting on them, and they were getting healed. So are you going to tell Jesus, oh, why would you use mud, Jesus? Why would you spit in someone's eye? He's God. He can do whatever he wants. If God can speak out of a donkey, he can use water. He, he can use a handkerchief. So I have seen people, bro, personally get healed from handkerchiefs, like of cancer. Yeah. People I know personally, family, family, friends get healed of cancer. And so you can tell me like, well, my pastor doesn't believe in that. I don't care what your pastor believe in. I care what the word of God says. And the word of God says unusual miracles were happening through the Come hands on. of Paul, through the ministry of Paul. So, if, but if you're like one of those play it safe, kiddie pool, like no deep end, you want to stay in the shallow end and kick around with your door, the Explorer floaties on, we still love you. And you know, there's room at the table for you. We'll see you when we get there. But I'm like, I want to go deep. He told P oh, look who it is. There it is. Uh -oh. Come on, somebody. He's here. He's alive. He's real. He's still a part of the group. 
So I'm excited to be here. I've been wrestling with dragons all day. Man. Come on, man. We're we're here. So he told uh, he told Peter go deeper. So this is what we're telling you tonight. Listen, we're preaching faith. And by the way, let me remind you, as Apostle Alexander Bugatti jumps in, we didn't charge you. Like as you were talking, Pastor Mike, I'm like, right. this should be pay per view here. Like this is like <laughs> this isn't like a Mayweather fight. This is top notch flame and yawn on deliverance. And we're not even charging because we believe that God wants to equip you to do this. So. Again, if you don't have unusual faith to believe for unusual miracles, unusual deliverances, um, again, there's a lot of this stuff we don't have theology for. I can't point a verse on. I just know the person was blind and now they see. I just know the person was yeah. had ticks. They were hitting themselves and now they're a youth pastor. I just know oh, they were addicted to pornography and they've lost their desire to watch porn. And so if you want to Bible oh. battle me, we can Bible battle on Facebook comments, but I don't have time to be babysitting you in the comment section when I'm out on the That's streets it. casting out demons. So we have to stop with this whole debate people that don't have the apostle alexander we were talking about styles right like some of us use this style some of us use that style so i think pastor mike you could touch on this we're just talking about the different styles and then perfect timing apostle alexander gone you can jump in but i use all the styles i'm like if it works to get the demon out i'm down to do it as long as it doesn't violate scripture i'm not stuck on one method on one style again i love what you said um about how if we were all just doing one method that would be witchcraft that's like magicians they do the same method over and over but we're not magicians we're sons of god and so we're willing to try different different things and do different things. That's right, Isaiah. It's not about the what, it's about the who. The mm. what changed. The what uh -huh. was mud. The what was a handkerchief. The what was, you know what I'm saying? Like the what changes, it's about the who. I want to read so this good. though, Acts chapter 19, verse 12 that you reference, And this just leapt out at me. It says this, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched them, and it was they were taken to the sick, and then their illnesses were, cure, were cured. But there's actually more to that verse. It says, and the evil spirits left them. Come on. So literally so deliverance happened as a result of the transferable, tangible anointing from the apostles, literally to the handkerchief, to the person. And it even challenged my faith. So if you're watching this and you're a minister and you're just like, well, what is the modern day equivalency to that? Because I hope nobody starts manufacturing handkerchiefs after they hear this message, because it's not about the what, it's about <laughs> the who. The anointing mm -hmm. was upon the apostles and it was transferable in that way. But I want to say this, I was skeptical about God's ability to use a phone like he would use a handkerchief. Come on. And wow. when, when this pandemic started, literally the Lord sovereignly spoke to me and said, Mike, if you will step in this direction and you will try to do deliverance through your phone, go on live, I, I'm telling wow. you, you're going to set the captives free. And for me, I launched three locations in three years. I'm doing all this tangible, physical anointing in this realm. Now here I am getting plugged into the matrix with my phone, trying to do deliverance. It was the weirdest thing. But again, the demon slayers, this group of guys, the lowest common denominator of what unites us is humility. Mm. And 99% obedience is 100% disobedience. So when the Holy Spirit's telling me this, I have to say the same Holy Spirit that told me to move to New York to launch a church is telling me, grab my phone and start casting out demons. And I was like, I, I have to, I have to obey. And then literally it just takes off and it starts, you know, God uses it. And so I, I think the message that we're trying to get out to everybody today is listen to the Holy Spirit because it's about your relationship with him. And then the, the, the physical items, you know, <laughs> Speaking of Bob Larson, I was raised on, on Bob 
And he had, you know, he always says there's Who's a probably lot of watching right now, like, by the way. So hi, 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 Dr. Hey, Bob, we love you. Yeah, so much respect and honor for the, really he's such a pioneer and a trailblazer. But I heard him say so many times, you know, uh, an angel of the Lord smites you. Come you know, on. I've never uh -huh. used that phrase. So I, for the first time I've been doing deliverance for years and years and years, I was in Jamaica doing that mass deliverance. And I just had this unruly wild demon. Come and I was on. like, I'm, I'm pulling out the Bob Larson Come phrase. On, and I said, an angel of the Lord smite you. And this demon started squealing and screaming. I got this crazy manifestation. I was like, Whoa, but again, <laughs> but again, it's like, the style, I think, is, is dependent on the Holy Spirit, but also the family and the body of Christ. And it's like, I would challenge you when you watch Vlad's videos, Pastor Vlad's doing something, try it. When, yeah. you, watch past, when you watch Isaiah, Pastor Isaiah, you know what I'm saying? Because really the grace is upon the fact that God wants the captive set free so badly. He wants your mm -hmm. obedience more than he wants your intelligence. Wow, in, so good. One time, if I can jump in here. Yeah, jump in. I, please. I came in. Like, please, Alexander. You know, um, I remember one time I was conducting deliverance, and I was having a hard time. This falls right in line of allowing um, the Holy Spirit to dictate the strategy to help mm -hmm. someone get set free and moving beyond the cookie-cutter formula or ritualistic exorcisms, which, which there's nothing wrong with that per se because the Psalms are – you know, they, they're, they're written for a reason, you know, but um, I was having a hard time, you know, and about maybe 45 minutes in, I said, okay, Lord, like, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? You know, like, and I, and I went through every self-analyzation check, like, I checked things off. I was like, I'm good, you know, I don't know what to do, you know, and finally, I just took a step of faith, you know, and the demon, the demon was manifesting in this, uh, this woman, you know, um, it was a one-on-one -on -one session, and, um, and literally her face was Little animalistic features, like literally the wow. anim the demon was full blown in the chair looking at me. I didn't know what to do. So finally, I just took a chance. I lifted up my hands. I lifted up my my right hand. I lifted up my hand up and I said, Heavenly Father, the sword of the Lord in my hand now in Jesus name. Now, let me just say this. I wasn't sure if the Holy Spirit was going to do it. I, I took a <laughs> step of faith. I just said, and when I said that, the demon looked up and said, screeched, no. And then after that, I got hype. I got real hype after that. Like I knew what I was doing. And I just said, I smite you by the sword of the Lord. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. You by the sword of the Lord. And then the demon was literally doing like this. Ah. So then after that, I got real Bronx on him. So I started stabbing the demon. I was like stabbing the demon in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Listen, literally, I kept doing that for about maybe about five minutes of that. We broke through, the person got instantly delivered, and after that moment, uh, I became a bit more open to the fact that the weapons of our warfare Say are not it. Say yeah, it. Come on, Whoa. come on. Listen, Whoa. the text says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, which means these are spiritual weapons in a spiritual dimension Say that it. if you would allow the Holy Spirit to give you discernment of spirits and the gift of faith to just the faith to tap into that, you'll find that anything can become a weapon for the moment like samson when he had no sword go ahead yeah. he had was the jawbone of a donkey he picked it up and he slayed a thousand philistines so i want to encourage everyone don't get caught up with the cookie cutter ritualistic formula that's a good place to start but there are going to be moments when you encounter 
this kind, this particular kind mm. of demon that's going to require you to step out of the norm and into the realm of the unknown and total dependence on the Holy Spirit. And you're going to find that a handkerchief can be used. A cup. Yeah. I've used a cup of water during a, a, a moment of the. Another moment, I was kind of having a hard time with someone, and um, I noticed that they were they were kind of having a hard time tapping in. And the Holy Spirit literally told me, uh, "Give her a cup of water. G give this person a cup of water." And I literally said, "When you drink this cup of water, this cup of water will convert into rivers of living water, and will flush mm. out every demon that's live that is living Come inside on. this body wherever they're lurking." This person drunk the cup of water, and I'm telling you, there were instantaneously every mm. remnant, any residual, any demon hiding in maybe possibly the recesses of their soul that I, I might have missed literally came out. And for a season after that, we just been began experimenting. So this is all scriptural, as Pastor Mike has said. The scriptural foundation for this is actually in Acts chapter 19. So good. And, and if you don't have the faith Ooh. to believe this... That's okay, but don't get mad at those that do. Don't get mad at those, because yeah, here's sure. the thing. Whether you believe anything we're saying tonight or not, the person that Apostle Alexander Pagani prayed for, she's at home delivered right now. The yeah, guy that Vlad told it. you about, he's a youth pastor right now. The guy and the girl in Jamaica, Pastor Mike prayed for, you might not believe in the angel of the Lord or the, getting shanked by the sword of the Lord, but the, <laughs> here's the thing. Those people are free while you're angry up in the comments. So just yeah. know that, again, God doesn't need your permission because you're not God's guinea pig for everything. Okay, let me give you guys this one because I want one of you guys to take this. I hear this all the time. I've never addressed this. I've never talked about this. I hear it all the time. Someone was spamming this earlier in the chat. And again, I told you guys to spam objections. So I'm not mad at you. Although there's one guy here that's like, let me get on this. I'll rebuke all them. You're definitely not getting in on this. But let me give you guys this one verse here that everyone has always talked about, especially on TikTok. This is like spammed on TikTok when we do deliverance. This is for those that are like, we don't need to do deliverance. And here it is, Matthew 7, 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, 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 have we not prophesied in your name? Have we Come not on. cast out demons? Have we not done many wonderful works? Then I'll profess to them saying, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. This is, I, I want to go crazy on this, but I'm going to give it to one of you guys here. This is what they say. Even people that cast out demons, Jesus said they're not going to heaven. So casting out demons, you're not going to go to heaven. And they use this verse to say we shouldn't cast out demons. Talk to me, someone, about this verse. Is it telling us not to cast out demons because we don't go to heaven if we cast out demons? Or wh what is it really saying here? I think the person, the people that kind of say that, I think they're probably stretching the text. They're reading too much into the text. They're probably in a place of presupposing what they think God is saying. Mm. Basically, the text is actually, he is just saying, plain and simple, that those, in this particular instance, in Matthew chapter 7, those that were casting out demons just did not know him. They were workers mm -hmm. of iniquity. Probably weren't living right. Probably were living a double mm -hmm. life. It, the text is not, someone would have to really read into the text to come across, to, to take out of that, that that particular Matthew chapter 7 uh, is actually saying not to cast out demons. Basically, what it's actually saying is, is that the deliverance ministers need to walk right just like anyone else needs to come walk on. right. In the um, and that being a deliverance minister doesn't necessarily um, allow someone an entryway into heaven simply because it's at the forefront of God's... Uh, expansion of the kingdom basically it's just saying this first of all know jesus and if you know him you're definitely not part of that group second make sure that you're not walking in iniquity make sure that you're walking in complete holiness because the gifts if, if i could even go step further the text is probably even saying that the gifts of god will work 
if you work it and God will bless the gift and not necessarily bless the giver because mm -hmm. the gift is actually coming from him. And it's actually the name That's of it. Jesus that casts out demons, not the individual. Mm -hmm. But to say that mm -hmm. that particular text is actually saying that we shouldn't cast out demons, I think they're actually in a place of error and they're reading into the text that probably the Holy Spirit is, is not actually even really saying that. So good. I mean, the verse 23 really summarizes it. It's, this, well, it's interesting because it says in verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not? You know, this is not an individual that was doing deliverance. Wow. This was an individual who was in the crowd or belonged to a church that did deliverance. And it breaks it down right away. In verse 23, it says, then I will say mm. to them, I never knew you. Come this on. is not referring to even backsliders because backsliders, the Lord will say, I used to know you, but Come you on. turned away from faith. Um, I never knew you means they Come never on. were converted. They were never saved. And then it confirms that he says, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So the problem with these people is they did not know him. They practice lawlessness. Christians who know Jesus, they struggle with sin, but they don't practice sin. Meaning you practice something to get better at it. We don't mm. do sin to get better. We, we fall into sin and we get up, we repent and we run to the what? Lord. And so you can't apply this verse to people who are even perhaps somebody who did deliverance and fell into sin or somebody who did deliverance and fell into something. This cannot be applied to them. And just because if people who do deliverance are in danger of not going to heaven. What about those who don't do deliverance? How much more are they in danger of so hellfire if that's the case? So good. Anything you want to add there, Pastor Mike, to that? Listen, if I, 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 yeah, I'll add this. If you still have issue with that scripture after what both of them did to explain it, then do you have a deeper problem? Because Come I feel on. like it was very well, that, that particular scripture was very well dealt with. So... Yeah, dude, so, do it. So good. I want to do this one. And this one's been coming in the chat a lot. This is the number one. I'm at the place. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I want to give this one to you guys. I'm at the place where I'm like, I talked to Bob Larson a while back and he's like, I don't even, this is like not even something I talk about anymore because it's so far out there and ridiculous. But in America, again, this is the number one objection. If I said, what is the number one objection? Everyone's going to say the same thing. And I'll give you guys, you know, you guys could each take a minute or two to give us what you think about this. I, I've done video after video. I did an interview with Ruslan. I have a video on my channel. I tell people like, I'm not going to go on and debate you about this because I already have videos. You know what I believe. You know what I talk about this, but the right. whole Christians can't have demons thing. Like we've, we've rehashed this over and over. I know all of you guys have done videos. We've all talked about it, but this is the one thing that people just cannot understand, cannot get over. Now, Vlad, I want you to roll on this because I heard you say something. I was lurking one of your broadcasts, which you guys don't know what lurking means. It means you're in there, but you're not in the comments. You're just listening. And I was lurking one of his broadcasts. And I think you were talking about when like flies, Amen. like Satan's the Lord of flies and you open the oh, door yeah. and the flies come in. It's like, right. they're coming in because you open the door. Talk to me guys about this whole Christians. I'm not even going to talk about it because I've already exhausted it, but talk to me about the, what do you guys do about these people that say this? How, what's the quick answer you give them about the Christians can't have demons thing? Well, I, I, I kind of respond sarcastically and I say a Christian can have whatever they want to have. Yes. Yes. I've been saying that. <laughs> That's kind of like where I'm at. I, listen, Isaiah, I'm in the same boat as you, man. Listen, at this point in this far into the deliverance ministry, I don't even tackle that question anymore. Come on. It doesn't even it doesn't even come up anymore because I think it is now at this point a red herring. 
Um, it yeah. is used to just kind of divert and distract uh, the deliverance ministry uh, at this point. So I'm with you. I think I'm going to toss this one over um, to Pastor Vlad and kind of he has a phenomenal teachings on them all over the Internet when it comes to can a Christian have a demon. But I'm I'm bowing out with that one. And then for those that want a scripture, Acts chapter five. Ananias was filled with Satan after being full of the Holy Spirit. For those of you like, where's the verse where it's Christian? There you go, Acts 5. Satan filled his heart. But go ahead. Go that's ahead, Pastor Vlad. I, I think that, that explains it pretty much. I think I heard it, um, uh, Apostle Alexander, from you, that statement, that Christians cannot be possessed by a demon, but a Christian right. can be in possession of a demon. Mm, Christians yeah. can have a demon. And I think, you know, right. all of you guys have said it. Christians can have whatever Christians want to have. And so, but I use the example right now in my house, I have to put this, um, the screens so that flies don't get in. It's interesting that flies, if you open the window or a door in your house, flies don't check whether you own the house, you Come rent on. a house, whether you are a legal citizen That's of the United States or you're not a legal citizen. They don't check your religious background. They don't even check if you're a good person, if you pay taxes, Come they on. just go straight into the house. And a lot of times... The flies are not the problem. They just make a lot of noise. The big problem is those little tiny creatures called mosquitoes. Because mm. you don't see them. You can only know that they are there in the morning when something begins to itch. When something begins to, you scratch it and it begins to itch. And that's kind of what happens. Devil is the lord of the flies. And that's how he operates. He doesn't care. He doesn't see your, oh, you're a Christian. Okay, it doesn't matter. If you open your life to the devil, then he will get in. And the scripture for that is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Nor give place. The word Come place on, there is it. room, quarter, license, spot, any portion, or space marked off, and inhabited space. And so if you open the door, listen, you can't control what gets in. If you open the door, a mice can get in, a fly can get in, a... Um, a bee can fly in, a mosquito can get in. And so when you open your life to Satan through willful sin, through a call, through so many, oh, there's so many open doors. When you open your life to the devil, through entertainment, through music, then demons will get in. And just because you, you speak 300 miles per hour in tongues, and just because you go to a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled church, it doesn't protect you. I'm a good man. I pay taxes. I own the house. I am current on my rent. I have insurance. Did that stop any fly from getting into my house? No, it didn't. Same thing with people who open the doors to demons. They will get in. Now, people say, well, Satan and God cannot live in the same place together. Say it. Uh, excuse me? God is omnipresent. He occupies the same place where Satan is at. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit and, and demons cannot be in the same place. Where our flesh is as messed up, wicked, and nasty as any demons. And the Holy Spirit still occupies our spirit. And the flesh is still there. And he seems to get along just fine. Um, the verse that I hear all the time being brought up, you know, especially concerning light and darkness cannot coexist. And I like the way Bob Larson, I heard one time when he expounded that, and it says that, uh, I'm going to read the verse. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. First of all, this verse does not say nothing concerning light and darkness not being in coexistence. It's talking about covenant. Look at the mm -hmm. words, communion, fellowship, and yoked. It's not talking about coexistence. If light and darkness cannot coexist, then what? Christians and non-Christians cannot coexist. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in here, the whole argument is this, Christians 
while you coexist with non-believers, right. do not go into covenant with them. That's because it. though you are in the same place, you are not on the same page. And then Paul uses the argument because light and darkness, he doesn't say they can't coexist. He says they're not in the fellowship, meaning they're not on the same page, even if they're in the same place. They're not in a covenant. They're not seeing eye to eye. They're opposite kingdoms. They conflict. They war against each other. They're not on the same page. So to use this verse to say the light and darkness cannot coexist is taking you this know, verse completely out of context. Pastor Vlad mentioned about the word possess. Yeah. What he was referring to was so good. that... I think that the struggle that believers are having is really locked in a homonym. Now, in case those who don't know what a homonym means, it means the words sound the same, but have different meanings. So when we say a Christian can have a demon or the word possessed, they think owned by. But yep. demonization does not mean possessed, right. owned by. It means to be in possession of not to be owned by. It's the same word, possess. So if, so I, if, if I have a gun, the gun doesn't own me, but I possess a gun. So mm. It's the same word. So you see good. what I'm saying? So if I have a demon, the demon does not own me. I am so in good. possession of a demon, which means I have a demon. It's the same word. It's possess. So I think right there, people, they kind of they struggle with um, because they think possess means owned by. That is one definition of the word possess. It's really a homonym. We've been fighting for the last hundred years based on etymology, word yeah. semantics of the word possess. It's a homonym. It's possess. Just like pool can mean pool. It can mean carpool. It can mean swimming pool. It can mean pool of a bunch of things in one place. It's the same word. So when we say can a Christian have a demon, we are not saying that a Christian is owned by. What we're saying is a Christian is in possession of, plain and simple. And to back up a scripture about cohabitation, let me read something to you in Luke chapter 11 about light and darkness coexisting in the same place. Watch Come this. On. Now, this is scripture I'm going to read to you, Luke chapter 11. All right. Now, now look what it says, verse 34. It says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your whole body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body, notice I was saying the body, it's not saying the eye, it's saying when your eye is healthy, your whole body, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Watch this. Look at verse 35. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Now watch this. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, whoa, 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 wait a second, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. Notice how it's saying the house is filled with light and it can have dark corners. Mm. An example of this is very simple. This office of mine, you could see me because of light. But back here, mm -hmm. there's dark corners. Is light and this dark corner, are they coexisting in my Come office? Come on. Now? Yes, they are. So good. So good. Apostle, Just so like good. The wheat and wow. the tares, they coexist. <laughs> <laughs> Just like what Pastor Vlad said. Do you see what I'm saying? So my room is filled with light, but it does have a dark corner. Let me give you an example of this using roaches. When you turn on the light <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning 
as I'm sure that mostly every home has a little insect or two. Let's use roaches as an example. When you turn on the light, where do the roaches go? They're scurrying. Have you ever asked yourself, where are they running to? Very simple. They're looking for the dark corner. They know exactly what part of your kitchen is dark. These are nocturnal creatures. So when you turn on the light, this creature scurries. It, it, it has within its biology to know where's the dark place in the room. And they run to the dark place because they know in the dark place, number one, they're safe. And number two, we are creatures of light. We are light of the world. So when we get to the dark place, we have a hard time finding it. Listen, light and darkness, they can coexist, except, as Pastor Vlad said, they're not in fellowship and they're not in covenant with one another. So good. Let, let me jump in and say something here. This is something God showed me a couple weeks ago. Now, I want you guys, listen real quick. Everybody, I just want you to think about something, okay? So put on your thinking caps here because I'm about to say something. If Christians couldn't have demons, there would be no need for deliverance ministry. Let me explain why. Because all we would need to do was get people to become a Christian and then their demons would automatically leave, therefore negating the need for deliverance. Now, for those of you that want a verse for this, let's go to Acts chapter 8. Because the Bible says Philip, who I like to reference a lot because he's the only named evangelist in scripture and he had four daughters like me and they all prophesied, praise the Lord. But I want you to show, I want to show you something. Philip preaches the gospel. Acts chapter 8 for all you like, where's the verse? Where's the verse? Acts chapter 8. He preaches, they heed to his message. What does that mean, Pastor Vlad? It means they responded. They're like, oh, this is a good message. We want to respond to this. And the Bible says, and miracles, sickness was healed, and demons were cast out, and there was great joy in that city. Now, Philip, don't you know Christians can't have demons? So why don't you just get them saved, and then you don't need to do deliverance because they're Christians? That is not what the Bible says. The Bible commands us to cast out demons. We know it's the children's bread because Christians can and do have demons. Now, as far as I've been teaching this, we've, we've all taught this and talked about this. Possession and oppression are not biblical Greek words. There's no Greek right. word for possessed or oppressed. It's demonized. So I tell people, if you want to stop arguing about it, just don't use the word possessed or oppressed. Use the word demonized. And that means to be under the power of a demon. And again, a Christian could be under the power of cancer. They could be under the power of a tormenting thought. They could be under the power of pornography. And they could absolutely be under the power of a demon. So stop letting people lie to you. Stop letting people Bible battle you. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 5. We have a whole video about we go from verse to verse where Paul said other spirits have come in the church, where Paul told the church in Galatia that yeah. you've allowed witchcraft to come over you. So again, don't start saying you can't have this, you can't have that. You can have whatever you want. The Bible shows us this. If Christians couldn't have demons, we wouldn't need to do deliverance. And there's no verse. Again, another objection was, well, why don't you just get them saved? The demons will leave them once they get saved. There's actually no verse in the scripture that says once you get saved, demons leave you. There's actually no verse in scripture that says once the Holy Spirit comes into you, demons come out of you. If there was a verse, I would love that. I would even need to do deliverance and our life would be easier and I would have a voice all the time. But the bottom line reality is Jesus commands us to cast out demons. It's in his word. And this is what we're doing. If anyone wants to close that thought there, we'll move on to the next one. Yeah. I just want to take, I want to take it one level deeper yeah. because I feel like here's what's happening. Anyone, any, anyone listening can take those scriptures from a different perspective and use them to counter argue. What you watch, if you're watching and you can hear our voices right now, you, what's happening is we've actually experienced this. And so our perspective on these scriptures is, is informed by a real experience. For example, 
I have two daughters. When I became a dad, I have a unique revelation when I read scripture about the father heart of God, because it becomes real to me in a way that wasn't real to me before. And so again, if you're only going to get into the comment section and duke it out with somebody and use your MDiv and flaunt and get all puffed up in knowledge, we, it's, we have access to the revelation in the way that we're interpreting these scriptures, because the Holy Spirit that we partnered with during deliverance is the Holy, the same Holy Spirit that we partner with while we read these scriptures. And so it's bearing witness to us. And we're saying, now, the other thing is Derek Prince has, you know, he had a prolific deliverance ministry and Derek Prince, you can even watch many of the videos he hosted and facilitated mass deliverances. So I will tell you this, a large number of people come to me saying, Pastor Mike, I don't have any demons. And my, my response to them every time is, okay, we'll see. <laughs> come on. And, 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 this, and this is the thing. The reason why the kingdom of heaven, when, when Jesus was walking the planet, was it was established on prostitutes, blue-collar workers, uneducated people. Again, there was a level of humility where they were willing to say, I'm messed up. Just like uh, what, what Apostle Alexander said, we, I have dark corners. It's just so obvious to everybody else, I'm willing to admit it. And I think mm. what this comes down to is when Derek Prince would do these mass deliverances, he would do, hey, repeat after me. They would do a mass repentance. And then he would start to say, okay, we're going to break curses. And I want you to repeat this after me. Maybe you don't think you have it or feel that you have it, but say it. And he would say, I break and release myself from the curse of witchcraft. And you would hear people scream and manifest all over the building. And we've replicated that experience in mass deliverances as well in New York and beyond. And so here's what it is. It's like saying, hey, I'm not hiding anything. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go ahead and open up your closet and I'm going to pull back the covers and I'm going to look under your bed. And I hope that's true. And sometimes people are not even aware of what's in their own life until you actually are the very first person just to that same analogy to walk into the dark corner. And they're like, wow, that was there the whole time. And so what I encourage people do, to do is go through the process of renouncing. Go through the process Come of breaking on. curses. When I was in okay. Jamaica, 100% of people told me I don't have demons. I was like, all right, cool. I started praying for them. And sometimes even prophesying over pe people has caused manifestations because the demons are like, no, shut up. Yep. Stop talking. Yep. Don't say it. Don't say it. And so you, wow. because what's happening is, again, I'm, 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 I'm shining a floodlight into those dark corners. And so I just wanted to stop it for a second and take it even deeper and say, until, until you venture into this, you know, without faith, it's, an, it's impossible to please God. And there is a level and a measure of faith that the work of deliverance demands. You have yes. to operate in faith. And so it's like, you're going to read the scriptures different than Apostle Alexander if you don't operate in faith and step into deliverance. And you're going to think that he's heretical. You're going to listen to Pastor Vlad and you're going to say, I didn't get that same revelation when I read scripture because you didn't have the faith that Pastor Vlad operated in to go into the realm of deliverance to access that revelation from that scripture. So good. I had a friend telling me that they were at um, their house with a pastor from the area and was saying like, 
oh yeah they were like have you been watching Isaiah stuff you know he's teaching on deliveries this is months ago probably six eight months ago and then he said I just don't believe you know he teaches Christians could be demonized and I don't believe Christians this is a pastor telling my friend this Christians can't have demons who's a family member of him his by the way he's a Christians can't have demons all this and then goes on to talk about something he was struggling with so my friend said let's go to the back room and let's pray for you because you're struggling in a certain area this is five minutes after he's like yeah. I don't I don't agree with Isaiah on the Christians can't have demons right this is a pastor they go back there bro and my friend starts praying for him this is a family member and the dude's screaming okay now do you pause and say hold on i don't believe christians could have demons this is not a demon screaming out of me this is like i had some really hot chili and it's screaming out of my belly or do you recognize like oh wait a minute my theology doesn't match my reality and so right. do i realize oh, maybe my theology isn't right or do i say oh i must just be screaming for no reason and guess what he got delivered and now he's doing deliverance teaching deliverance and all that but the experience made him a believer i i could yell at him till i'm blue in the face i could give you a thousand verses yeah. i think i gave 15 in the last video i did on christians having demons we could bible battle but until you experience it a lot of you are in the school of theology and we're telling you to join the school of experience we're not just coming That's at you from it. the school Come of theology on. the school of prophets or the school or the or bible college you know we're, we're telling you we've experienced this and so you have to understand experiences do matter when john the baptist came to jesus he said is it, are it. you really the one the disciples came to him and he said go tell john the baptist oh. what you've experienced the sick healed the dead are raised the demons are cast out so experiences do matter to jesus then go, the gospels listen to me and this will all end yeah. with this and we'll go to the next one the gospels are the disciples experiences <laughs> like come on don't say experiences don't matter if you say experiences don't matter then you're telling me the gospels don't matter because these were literally the disciples were writing down we Amen. saw Jesus heal a blind man. We saw Jesus. And they didn't say, oh, by the way, guys, experiences don't matter because that would invalidate the gospel. So stop with this foolishness of don't I, matter experiences. They, they do. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1 actually goes into great lengths about maybe the, about half the chapter is dedicated to talking about an experience that he Come had on. Come on. that he could not mm -hmm. share until after the resurrection. Yep. And it was the experience mm -hmm. of the mountain of transfiguration. He said, he said in the text, it says, I was there. I saw with my own right. eye. Come on. I experienced the cloud. I heard the voice. But then, but then the next verse, he says, he says, you guys, this is what he says. He says, you guys have a more sure word of prophecy. Mm, now you true. guys, you got the scripture, but my experience was not in scripture. My experience or my encounter right. was in the encounter. Mm. And he basically goes into mm. saying, he says, your faith is built mm -hmm. on a more sure word of prophecy, the scriptures. Mm -hmm. You're reading it through the epistles and the gospel. Mm -hmm. Well, the epistles, because the gospels hadn't been fully finished yet. Scripture wasn't fully, fully finalized in canon. But, but he goes on to break down saying, hey, guys, listen, beyond this scripture stuff and stuff that you're reading and the stories that you heard from everyone who is sharing it, I'm telling you that I saw the Lord before the baptism of the Holy Spirit that you guys, I was in the mountain. I heard the voice from glory. I saw the Lord transfigured. Right. And not only that, the gospels go on to step further to say that they were, Jesus forbidden them to share the experience. So notice this, watch this. Wow. They were forbidden to share the experience until after the resurrection and after the scripture. And then he says, and then we were permitted 
to share it. Why? 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 Because experience do matter and they provide confirmation and context to the very things that we're reading. Because it's hard to argue with someone who was blind but now Come see. Come on. And yeah. the blind man said to the Pharisees, I don't know if he's a prophet. <laughs> Come on. I don't know about the scriptures. <laughs> All I know is that I was blind and a man named Jesus told me to wash and I came out seeing. So scripture Whoa. is also part of canon so and, it is, and it should be incorporated into our Christian, uh, Christian journey as well. So good. Let's Whoa. go. We're going to do one more here. We'll have to do a part two. We're doing this every month, guys, by the way. But we'll have to do a part two because we are an hour and 40 minutes in. And I know you guys' time is valuable. And I don't want you guys, next time I ask you to be on, be like, no, you go too long. So we all stream for like two hours each. So that's why I'm not stressed as much as I would be. But I know it's late for you guys in the East Coast. And I know you guys all are super busy and your time is extremely valuable. And guys, again, this is not pay-per-view. Pray about sewing into this because this is free 99. We're not charging you to be here. And we're all taking time out. So I value you guys' time. I appreciate you. One last one here this last one I'm gonna go in and we'll go over some more next time we get live together but I hear this all the time don't tell everyone they need deliverance you need a special calling you need a special anointing to be in deliverance ministry it's very dangerous it's very dangerous to do it if you're not called or anointed by God this is not for everybody it's not for the school teacher it's not for the barista it's not for the stay-at-home dad the stay-at-home mom it's not for the layman this is only for the superstar pastors only for pastor Mike Isaiah Alexander Pagani and you know <laughs> these high-level Christians so we have to be careful because it could be very dangerous if we're telling all these 2,800 people watching right now that they could cast out demons talk to me y'all is this for every believer is it only some this is a major objection i hear all the time well you know where that came from right go ahead that, that phrase came from the fact that we built entire religious institutions yes. where we needed one guy to have the superpowers so that way people kept giving their money and showing up Come and on. they had to listen to us forever and we created that hierarchy that's the definition of religion and see, Jesus, the problem with that is that Jesus led the entire opposite of that, where he said, actually, I'm going to, it's better that I go away. Yep. And it's like, how many pastors can tell their church, it's better that I go away, Come on. right? It's like, because I'm going to release you. Wow. Matter, matter of fact, wow. it's like, most pastors' mantra is, it's better if I stay. <laughs> I'm going to stay till I'm dead. I'm going to stay with the baton in my hand. I'm going to stay wow. knowing scripture than everybody else. I'm going to wow. stay being the most spiritual one. I'm going to be the prophet, the preacher, the teacher, the evangelist, the worship leader, the kids minister, the parking lot attendant, because I need the most influence in my church, which I, I actually side note is probably some Ahab and Jezebel stuff you need to deal Come with on. and a little bit of narcissism. Come on. But I mean, you know, I, listen, guys, here's Alex, the thing. Whoa. Here's the thing. If you need to be needed, you just disqualified yourself from the kingdom work anyways. Come on. So the Read thing that. is that that idea of you have to be special is so because good. we've made people feel that way about every other so position true. in the church. And what so God's true. doing in this era is he's flipping the script on that bad theology. And the other thing that I want to say about, about deliverance is that when you, man, it's very hard. I mean, I'm just, it's very hard to be in a mass deliverance and to remain an atheist. Mm, because when you on. see the supernatural interchanging with the natural, 
in real time. I'm telling you, it changes you as a believer. I'll put it like this. You'll listen to your pastor's sermons because you're going to need to use them later that day through the work of deliverance. But what we've become is we're bordering that generation that heaps unto ourselves teachers with the itching ears because we're information junkies. But really, we need to metabolize that information and turn it into spiritual warfare. And the thing is, it's like, are you learning to do or are you learning to learn? And are you a professional student or are are you in alignment with the book of Ephesians? Like I need to be equipped to do spiritual battle. And so I would say there's nothing scriptural about the idea that only certain people do deliverance. All of us are commanded to do it. I do believe that there are mantles of deliverance in the earth that the Lord places on certain people to administrate it and to do it to a greater degree and a greater scale. That's a different conversation. But, you know, it it would be just like the father of all lies to teach people, come on, the doctrines of demons, Come on, that that, that deliverance is not for you. And and I've waited the entire broadcast to say this. I've been into the upper echelons of, I, I just want everybody to hear me say this. I've been into the upper echelons of philosophical and theological thought. I've met the, the, the who's who. I won't even say the camps or the names for the sake of this broadcast. And I have said the things that I said in this broadcast, and I've said the things that many of these other men of God have said. And, and I've been ruthlessly argued scripture and verse for hours and hours. But then this crazy phenomenon happens. I leave the room. And those same ministers and pastors have privately called me and a large percentage of them and said, hey, here's the truth. Deep down inside, I believe exactly what you believe. Wow. But the problem is in my denomination, if I were to move into that area, if I were to operate in that, oh. I, would, I would lose my position. I would lose my title. I'd lose my career. And I tell them, I say, okay, so here's the real strong man. Say it. It's mammon. It's the fear of finances. It's the love of money. And here's the thing. I don't do deliverance for the income. I do it for the outcome. Come on. And and it's like when you you are compromised, and and I want people to hear me because we get this message every day this week, and I'm so fired up because people are like, why does my pastor not do deliverance? Why does my pastor not teach on it? It could be the fear of finances. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and, And once your theology has a price tag, you're compromised intellectually, spiritually, and, and, it's, wow. and it infiltrates your ministry. And so I think what you see is we don't care. We're reckless abandoned. I burned it all in a pile. I, I have nothing to prove. I have nothing to gain. I'm a dead man walking, so I can do whatever my father tells me to do. I can say Come whatever on. he tells me to do. I don't work for anybody but him. Come on. And I believe we Come don't on. see the work of deliverance because people are far more concerned with the fear of man. And they'd rather, they'd rather offend God than offend their overseer in a denomination. They'd rather, they'd rather offend the Holy Spirit than offend somebody in their church network that thinks it's weird what they're doing. And the only thing that you're seeing in this broadcast is four guys who are like, I'd rather offend the whole world, but please God. Come, Come on, on, I feel the anointing on, on. this. And, that, and, so I, and so here's the thing. you, Many of you are listening to the sound of my voice and you do believe what we're saying. And it's time for you to re, like face the rejection of men so you can experience the acceptance of the Holy Spirit because oh. that's when this thing's going to turn into a movement. But you've got to oh, be willing it. to take your paycheck and rip Preach. it up and say, if my paycheck is going to compromise me on this level, oh, I'd rather no, do it in the streets than do it 
it wow. in that church building. Man, the no. fire, bro. Go ahead, boss. Like hey, wow. You know, to flip, to wow. flip what he just said, you know, let, mm. you know, the fear of finances, you know, we're, we're all pastors up here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it, is a, with it. it is a very real thing. You know, let's just use the pandemic as an example. You know, the pandemic hit and immediately pastors were thinking about their finances. I, I get it. it. It is a real present struggle. But here's what I've learned about the ministry of deliverance because the Christian church does not do or have active the present ministry of deliverance in their churches. When a church decides mm -hmm. to embrace deliverance, yes. people come from yes. everywhere. Hey Amen. Say it. Come on. With them. The churches mm -hmm. get overpacked. Yep. And 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 people come and out of pure gratitude that they finally found the place to help them re rid them of their demons without you having to constrain them to sow into the ministry. A delivered person is delivers others. They start releasing the finances. Mm. Listen, uh, listen, you want your church to be packed? Embrace deliverance. Yes. With it. Embrace deliverance. Yep. Your church will be so packed even on a bad day. Let me tell you something. The summer months, we don't... Yeah from low attendance of several months why because the house is always packed with people needing a breakthrough now that's just looking at it from the opposite end why because deliverance according to the scripture is marketable it markets itself yeah. the bible says when jesus cast out Good. one demon the word of that event spread mm, like wildfire and it said the following sabbath the synagogue was packed waiting to hear Jesus speak oh, again. Snap. So good. Th that's what I'm saying is oh. there's no lack and no need. Why? Because the coin has always been in the fish's mouth. Yes. You're preaching strong. And let me say, you're talking to guys that every week are having lines outside because people got people cannot wait to get in to experience the presence of God. And they are not coming to meet the personalities because we don't do prayer lines. We're like, if you want deliverance, we have a team. They're coming yes. to get delivered. They're coming to get healed. And I can attest to this. You can't, I'm telling you, we can't even contain. Me and Apostle Alexander were on the phone like, dude, we don't know what we're going to do this month. Like we're going to, we got to move all the chairs out. We got to go to three services. We got to get a football arena because people are so hungry to get free because people are not doing it. The Bible says his fame spread when this happened. I had a guy, uh, Pastor Mike, just to add to what you said, that was uh, a video I did on deliverance was like, if you keep making these deliverance videos, this is going to be the end of your career. I, I brought, bro, I broke out laughing. I was like a career. I didn't know this was that a career. This is my calling. This is not my career. Yeah, and honestly, I don't it. give a rip what Ouch. religious people think about it. I'm going to keep casting out demons right. because people need to get free more than I need money in my bank. People need to get free more than Isaiah Saldivar needs a reputation. And truth be told, I would love to not have a following. I'm trying to hide up in a sound booth in a church somewhere, but God keeps pushing me to the front lines to train up the church. So we got to get out of this foolishness of your career is going to be over. Or how about this? You don't want to be one of those guys. What? The guys that cast demons out that do the work of Jesus? The guys that are Jesus, a Jesus guy? Well, what about the good news? This is the good news. The good news is you don't have to live bound to the powers of darkness, but he whom the sun set free is free indeed. And Jesus can loose you. 
Don't you deserve Luke 13? Don't you deserve to be loosed? Get out of here with the preach the good news, brother. If you're not preaching deliverance, the news you're preaching is terrible because you're telling me I got to live in bondage Sunday to Sunday, warming a chair, giving 5% of my income. And so I could pay for my pastor to be a part of the country club and buy new golf clubs. That's what you're saying the good news is. Or is the good news I have come. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost fire. I have come to proclaim liberty to the captives. I've been anointed. I've been appointed. I've been assigned to drive demons out of people. I've been called for this reason, First John, for this reason the Son of Man was made manifest to destroy the works of darkness. I've been called. I'm Satan's worst nightmare. Satan's in line right now trying to get an Apostle Alexander Pagani vaccine. He's trying to get a Mike Signorelli vaccine. He's waiting in line. He's like, when are they going to come out with an Isaiah Saldivar vaccine? I need to get, I need to get help from this. These guys are harassing me all the time. I need to get up in their computers. Satan, you are a thief. You are a liar. And we've yeah, come, come so that you've no longer will rob people, but we're now going to rob you. I'm when Satan looks at me, he's like, Isaiah is a thief. He keeps robbing my kingdom. He keeps That's stealing it. back from me. So listen, oh. y'all stop with the softness. Stop with the, I'm scared it's going to ruin my career. It's going to ruin Satan's career. That's what it's going to ruin. That's it. It's going to ruin Satan's career. What if the devil gets glory? I have never been in a deliverance where Satan got glory. I've never been in a church where deliverance broke out and Satan got glory. I've been in churches where people have come out of new age, where witches get delivered, where atheists get saved, and they're all because they saw them, oh, fill the fire of God, all because they saw the ministry of deliverance. So you've been lied to that it's going to ruin your career. What if my denomination kicks me out? You could join ours. We got a group right here, Demon Slayers. We're open here. You could join us. You can come be a part of what we're doing. Um, Apostle Alexander Pagani, he's... He's a spiritual father. He's laying hands on people. He's mandating people. He has, listen, I'm not trying to get his inbox bombarded, but if your covering is afraid of this, maybe you're under the wrong covering. Maybe you're in the wrong place. Maybe you're in the wrong. I had one person like my denomination, when they find out about this, I'm like, what? They might actually get delivered. I mean, what if they're going to take your little piece of paper that says that you're a part of their fellowship? What are they going to kick you out? What are you in a gang? They're going to kick you out and put you on the streets. Like it's going to, it's fine. You're going to make it. People are still going to go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I recently just to add to what you're saying, I I recently not too long ago, went to minister at a church who specifically had left left. This is how crazy this thing really is, how modern evangelicalism here in the West, how much it enslaves churches and and ministers and pastors. This particular church finally um, had been wanting to invite me for years finally invited because they 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 left their denomination right Listen, we left our denomination now we can now invite you right so i go to I, so i go minister to i go to minister in the church and what's, what's crazy is is that the worship leader this is a true story the worship leader was singing absolutely immaculate it was the most beautiful thing i had heard in a minute i was like wow so i'm teaching on can a christian have a demon i went light in the church i went very basic and i said let me start there um at the end i made an altar call for mass deliverance can you believe okay now watch this the first demon to manifest speaking through the person was the worship leader Mm. worship leader that was ushering in the presence of god to everybody when i made the first altar call Mass deliverance, the first one. And I'm not talking about crying and screaming. Full-blown demon talking through this person. 
that the pastor stood there, didn't know what to say. Everyone else didn't know what to say. The, the church went into a, like, a, like a hush because I, wow. they came to the realization that this person had been leading worship all these years. Mm -hmm. Demonized with a demon. Yep. With a demon. That they couldn't either see that they had the demon mm -hmm. or didn't even know the demon was even there because of the present denominational filter that was there for this, this church. The person got delivered after the service. I, I, went up to, I went up to the person. I said, so how you feel? And they said, I don't know where that came from. I don't even know what happened to me. She got absolutely delivered and Come saved on. and set free. Come on. What we're talking about, guys, not against denomination, denominations. There's a place for that to some degree. You know, what we're saying is, is that the only place that this is happening and we're struggling in all over the globe is in the U.S. Because yes. this is happening in the East. This is not even happening down yeah. in South America. This is only happening in modern Western evangelicalism. American evangelicalism seems to be the only one struggling with this stuff. And I'm telling you, you could be delivered from this pastor. There are people in your church that need deliverance, and you're gonna and I prophesy in your life that you're gonna be the one to set them free. That's you're yes. gonna have an encounter that's gonna absolutely radically change your life. You're gonna be yes. the one to say, you know what? Let me roll up my sleeve and help mm -hmm. these sheep that God has placed in my care, help them mm -hmm. get delivered, and you're gonna learn and you're gonna jump in the same way that we jumped in. The only difference is you have an Isaiah, you have a Pastor Vlad, you have a Mike, you have a Pagani. We could walk alongside you and help you because there are people in your church that are going to get set free and God is going to use you to do it. So good. If anyone wants to do closing remarks and then I'll have Apostle Alexander pray us out as we close. Uh, I know I kept you guys super long. I promise I won't do this every single time. Um, but I think you, you guys, you guys are warriors. So, you know, you're, none of you are soft here. But um, is there any uh, closing statements you guys want to make or closing thoughts before we pray it out? I'm just going to mention uh, mention the part of but in Ephesians it says that the calling of each pastor is to equip the the saints for the work of ministry. That's mm. it. And so I think if people are saying that we were not equipped or um you know we were told not to do deliverance that's a failure on our end as pastors. And so I'm just going to say on behalf of your pastors or pastors who have done it that I'm sorry about wow. that because our calling was not for us to do the work of ministry, write books about it, create seminars and conferences and be the big shot. We were not supposed to be the belly button of the local church. We were supposed to be the ladder upon which you can grow and learn to do that ministry yourself. So in case persecution pandemic happens, we could be like the first church. Everywhere they were, they went, they all preached. They all cast out demons. They all healed the sick. They, they all knew how to do that stuff. And so I think God is restoring that. And I think that with these streams, with Isaiah, with Apostle Pragani, with Pastor Michael, with the books that are happening, this is not so that we can make sales and royalties and so that we can honestly create a, a tribe or have something else to do. It's so that the things that we see happening here, we could supplement for what maybe is missing in yes. your life. And so what please we ask you that you don't just grow in knowledge, begin to apply what you know, begin to cast out demons. Do not be afraid. They're not going to go from one person to another person. 
Do not be afraid that if you cast out demons, that those demons will come back and attack you during the night and give you a flat tire, kill your engine or transmission. Okay, don't live in that. Jesus clearly states nothing by no means will hurt you. Mm. Jesus sent out the 70 disciples. They were nameless. Nobody knew about them. They were not part of the apostles. They were not the big shots. We actually didn't even hear about them afterwards. Yet, Jesus didn't even go with them. He didn't give them, you know, 10 steps how to do it. He didn't give them a crucifix. didn't give them a holy water or anointing oil. He just sent them, gave them, gave them authority and they were driving mm. out demons and demons obeyed them. So if this happened to them, this can happen to you. Sign up to Isaiah's map so you can get practice. Yeah. Begin to look for people. Like we had a couple that came in this Sunday from Seattle and they're like, you know, demons are manifesting around us. So I asked them if they are on Isaiah's map because usually that's what happens when people join Isaiah's map. They get people who reach out to them who are desperate and they, they're manifesting. Come they're on. like, no, we're not on anybody's map. And I was like, well, you should join his map. And they're like, in about eight days, we had 10 people just come in contact with us and they're manifesting what do we do i was like well you cast out demons that's all that's come on. They're like how i just cast them out and then i realized you know people are hungry today yep. to be equipped to do this stuff and god called us as pastors not to do the work of the ministry even though we have to but to equip to teach the saints to do the work of ministry and we are coming back to that and so I just want to encourage you that you're going to be equipped to do the work of ministry. If you hang out around us, we're not going to make you dependent on us. We're going to make you dependent yeah, on the Holy good. Spirit and you're going to do this stuff. So good. And let me just say this prophetic word to all you pastors and all the people listening. There's coming a day. Listen to me closely. Write it down in your little notebook. There's coming a day where the church will not be a safe place for demons. Oh, come on, Holy Ghost, help me. Say well, let me say it again. There's coming a day <laughs> where the church is not going to be a safe house for demonic spirits, and they're going to know if I come up in that church, I'm getting cast out. So they're going to do, right now, it's like we're a safe zone. No one's going to call you out. No one's going to make you manifest. But I'm telling you, the church will no longer be a safe house, a safe place, or a refuge for the demons. <laughs> but we're going to cast them out of people. Oh, I feel the fire of God, bro. I'm telling you, I'm going to do all-nighter <laughs> here one of these nights. <laughs> Apostle Alexander Pagani, why don't you pray us out and then we'll we'll close it up here. Okay, I'm going to pray with the Apostle Paul. For those of you that are watching, the Apostle Paul asks the Ephesian church and the Colossian church at the end of his epistles, he asked for a particular request and he said, he said, pray for me that the Lord would give me a door of opportunity. Mm. I'm going to mm. pray that God so would throw you in a fight come on that an so opportunity would present itself for you so would good. be left with no other choice so but to cast, a to cast a demon out. come on that i'm gonna so pray that. that god would give you an so opportunity that in your next altar call even if you don't do altar calls because of the pandemic or whatever that somebody would literally run to that altar yes, and literally man. be demonized and that you would god would use you to help set them free and that that person would become the man with legion and radically change their city and radically change their, their family. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, according yes, to the Lord. same prayer yes, that the Lord. Apostle Paul prayed for, a door of opportunity. Father, I'm humbly requesting, Lord, we're coming in agreement, Lord, that you would allow every person that's watching this particular broadcast, either live or on a future replay, whether they are a regular believer, whether they are a layman in the church, whether they are a pastor or a bishop, or they're in some sort of leadership, maybe a teacher or maybe a boss or a person leading in the marketplace, or just someone who loves the Lord, Father. I'm praying, Lord, that you would grant all of them, Lord, a door of opportunity to allow them to be, Lord, 
the person to help set a captive free. Lord, send them a captive. Send them a yeah. captive, Father, that they would be moved, Lord, that these pastors and leaders and believers would be moved with the compassion of Jesus in that moment and bypass their theological dogmas and biases and prejudices, Lord, and to be moved with the compassion in the heart of Jesus, Lord. Father, I am praying, Lord, because this is the only way they're going to change, Father, for some of them, that, Lord, the experience of helping someone get delivered, Lord, with their own eyes, Lord, and that, that, that at that moment, Lord, that their theology would be challenged, Lord, that their worldview, their worldview would be confronted, Father, and that, Lord, that when this opportunity arises, Lord, for them, Lord, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit of boldness, Lord. And Lord, that you would allow them to imitate the works of Christ and set that captive free. And that revival would break out in their churches. That revival would break out in their families. That revival would break out in their ministries, Father. That's what we're praying, Lord, that a door an opportunity, Lord, would be granted unto them that they would be able to express the kingdom, Lord, in this regard, Lord. And help set the captives free, Father. Lord, we pray this, Lord, that it be in this live video and perpetual as long as this video is in cyber world, Lord. That anyone who watches this video in the future, Lord, would be activated and thrown yes, into that same door of opportunity. Yes. And have the victory, Lord, in helping a person yeah. get delivered and saved and set free, Father, from the power of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.